As long as cell phones are around and social media apps are on the cell phones and emails on the cell phones, basically, if you're a business, that cell phone's your cash register. And if you're putting money into the cash register and running traffic to your brick and mortar or to your offers through this cash register and pushing money in, the money comes back. So I really believe that if somebody's going to invest, they should invest in digital marketing. They should invest in SEO. They should invest in having a really nice website with good backlinks to it. And they should figure out how to implement those simple things also, and then have a good social media presence. This is Getting to Yes, the podcast with leaders from all walks of life, exploring their successes, mistakes, and lessons learned in influence and persuasion. Getting others to say yes, and then taking an insight or two to help them achieve even greater things. If you're a chiropractor, you've probably heard of Cairo Hustle, the number one podcast in the chiropractic space. And I'm super excited to welcome today's guest, James Chester, on the show to talk about the five power moves for cash-based health practitioners, distilling down his best advice from over 1,100 podcast episodes. Now, James has dedicated his life to spreading the truth about chiropractic. Over the years, he's become a master at marketing and scheduling events for independent offices all across the nation. And he's also partnered with Luke Millett and a few others to create the massively successful Facebook ad agency for chiropractors and weight loss specialists with Digital Hustle. James, welcome to the show. Hey, Uli, thanks for having me. It's going to be a lot of fun today. Can't wait. Yeah, you and I have connected in the past and You've been in the chiropractic industry since 2008. So let's start with some reflections on how far we've come, comparing when you were first out there, what the landscape was like, and maybe provide a glimpse of where you see the profession's place in the future. Yeah, I think both those are really cool stories. I ask that question a lot, that second question, where do you see the profession going in the next 20 years? So I'll answer that one second, but I'll go in and just tell a little bit of backstory you know, where I started out and kind of where we are today. I'll go pretty quick with it. Grew up in Davenport, Iowa. Uh, that's where I was 30 years of my life was spent. That's the birthplace of chiropractic. So there's some resonance there. Just to preface the rest of the story, the number one are the first chiropractic college in the world started in my hometown. So you could just imagine if I was around 25 years old, 30 years old, a lot of the students going to become chiropractors are my contemporaries. So I'm in this city full of these doctors that do chiropractic care and they're going on to become professionals. Anyways, I built a relationship with chiropractor number one and he started my career. I was bartending at the time and he's like, hey, you know, you really have some ability to talk to people and to connect with people. I think you'd be a huge asset if I had you come work in my clinic in Chicago. I said, bro, I don't know anything about chiropractic except for when I get adjusted, I feel better. He's like, perfect. That's enough. I'll train you on how to do everything else, how to work with patients, how to do marketing and everything. I said, huh, okay, let's try this out. So went up to Chicago, worked in a chiropractic biophysics office. So for all of you out there that are in the medical arena, if you want to check it out, go to idealspine.com. They publish research studies on spinal performance and spinal rehab and how we can actually correct people's curves in their spine. So it's one of the best businesses in chiropractic. It's called idealspine.com. Great people run that stuff. But I, I learned how to do spinal rehab. 
which I thought was fascinating because we were giving people's lives back to them. And I was like, well, what else can I do? So I started doing patient testimonials and commercials for chiropractors. What else can I do? Well, I got in touch with some technique people and did some instructional like work with them and did some learning library stuff where people could watch videos and learn the techniques. Then I was like, well, what else can I do? So it just came this, what else can I do? Later after that, there's two chiropractic documentaries. If you go to chiropracticthedocumentary.com or Project Patient, those are the two movies we made. And I just kept on saying, what else can I do? So I went out and I did marketing on the streets for chiropractors for a good run. Then I said, what else can we do? So we got a podcast and I just wanted to turn out more content on one thing only. And one thing was chiropractic than anybody else. So I think we've achieved that. And it's been uh, kind of my life's work. You have interviewed so many professionals, mostly in the chiropractic arena. So I know that by osmosis, you've probably seen what worked, what didn't work. You know, you have sort of the longitudinal viewpoint that historically this has worked and then some of these things are not working as well. You've refined it. Obviously, you're also big in advertising for chiropractic offices to help them get patients. So where do you see the profession going or which of the techniques that, let's say, in the first you know 10 years of your careers, which of those techniques are still relevant today? And you know, if you had a magic crystal ball, where do you think the next five years uh, look like in terms of marketing service-based businesses? These are really important topics. First of all, a chiropractor's success relies on them to do one thing and one thing only, and that's to be the greatest adjuster there is. And I could say that for any healthcare practitioner. If you're out there and you really want to dial in how to become a great practitioner, do the one thing that you're certified in to do and do that really, really well. And then utilize the same services for yourself. So if you're a chiropractor, be congruent, be under care yourself and make sure you're taking care of your spine and your nervous system. So I think those are like, you know, building block things. But when it comes to the profession and where I see the development going or the status quo stabilizing or where I see decline, I'll start with the good. I see chiropractic becoming more and more important and, and natural health providers, functional medicine. I think that there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this show and they're going to know that they're the doctors of the future. The doctor of the future doesn't prescribe things that are based on big pharmaceutical companies. They don't. They're more lifestyle management. They're more reading labs. They're more analyzing x-ray. They're more learning what's going on with the emotional state of the person. And then they're reverse engineering how to crack the code on that person's presentation, whatever they're experiencing, poor posture, low back pain, headaches, migraines, IBS, leaky gut. They're going to dial in because they're going to spend time analyzing what's going on with the actual person in front of them. They're not a chart. They are somebody. So I think that it's going to be more concierge. We called it healthcare for a long time. Well, I think functional medicine and chiropractors provide care of health. They care for health, not health care. It's a whole different model when you change a couple words around. And status quo, I think that there's always going to be some type of a disillusionment between the upper echelon, if you will, of the medical world 
when it comes to cut it out, drug it out, burn it out as a headbutt with natural providers, people that don't want to administer drugs or surgeries, preventative type practitioners, whether it be yoga, whether it be Reiki, whether it be meditation, like there's so many things that can go into healing a person. And I think that there's always going to be a clash when it comes to things that work (laughs) as to things that make more bottom line money. So there's always, I believe, going to be some division and clashing between the natural care world and big pharma care world. And not to say like we shouldn't have two types of providers. I believe that you should have one person to keep you healthy or a team of them. And then you should have one person or a team of them to save you from dying. I think we need trauma care. We need concierge care on that level too, which we do a really good job of. But lifestyle management, I think, is going to be something that improves and improves. Because eventually the people providing the services are going to take the power back. And they're going to say, no, 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 no. We do it this way. And in turn, you guys have to follow our path because we're the ones administering. One thing that came up for me is really that as a health provider, you should be really a product of your own service. Meaning, you know, you should be under chiropractic care. You should be on par with your lifestyle management, you know, because ultimately, if you look at chronic disease, so many doctors are close to burnout. You know, they're essentially falling prey to the same mechanism as everyone else in the world in terms of how industry, big pharma, the establishment is essentially designed to keep you sick. And I think this is step one to really understand that, you know, the way out is really take the power back, become empowered, be responsible for your own health. And as you said, there's these two arms, acute care is needed in certain situations, but what we really need is more lifestyle practitioners. Can I share the ugly before we move on? Yeah, go ahead. Well, the the poor part is that the education institutions have become watered down and they're taking philosophy out of schools. They're, they're taking actual practice out of schools and technique out of schools. And they're producing a lesser ilk of practitioner that comes out that doesn't know how to use their best tools, their hands. So I really believe that the ugly is, is now we need to be more supportive from outside in when it comes to reinforcement to the future of the profession with the new grads and the first year and second year is we need to have more technique hands-on seminars and we need to teach people how to actually do what they are destined to do. So I could go all day about the insurance reimbursements. I could go all day about situations that I think will improve themselves because they'll also weed out like a part of this talk today is going to be based on cash practice and getting new clients and how we can actually grow somebody's capacity to serve more people, which I think is one of the most beautiful things we're going to talk about today. Absolutely. Yeah. No, thanks for adding that into the conversation. Um, So as you mentioned, let's talk about top ways to grow a cash-based practice. And while you mostly work with chiropractors, I'm sure there's applicable lessons for other service-based businesses or practices, right? Yeah, you know, I think just for anyone that listens to this, this is across the board. You have to get involved with the people in your community if you're a brick-and-mortar operation. You have to go out there and shake hands. You have to show up to dinners. You have to tithe. You have to join Chamber of Commerce, Business Network International. You have to get into leads groups. 
I mean, the unfortunate part of it is you have to become a community marketer and a community style engager. And that's the way that people that provide services like yours become known, loved, and trusted in your community. And then you become referred to. And then the person at the donut shop or the coffee shop or the Pilates studio says, hey, Dr. So-and-so, they're the go-to chiropractor. Go see them. You'd be crazy not to. And that's my guy that helped me sort out my thyroid issue. I can't believe I was dealing with Hashimoto's for five years and I didn't have any solutions. And these are the health things that were happening. And now I got some panels done and somebody actually paid attention to me and checked out what I was eating, what I was doing for exercise and how I was meditating. They put me on whatever, I don't know, essential oils, but people's lives improve when they start doing things and they have good guidance and they like do post checks. I think the most important thing for anybody to do is like know what their blood work is and really have that analyzed. But when it comes to like the idea of other style of community events, you got to go out and do like expos, health fairs. You have to be a part of your community and at least show up and wave at people. I create a whole strategy that I teach professionals and actual doctors how to go out to their community and get new patients. I think a thriving office has to go do that. That's the life force. And then you can learn how to become a referral-based practice. But you really got to go out there and hunt, man. (laughs) You got to go out there and beat the streets. You got to go out there, spend your weekends. Don't plan on having weekends or hire a team to help you, but you got to spend your weekends. You got to spend your lunch hours. You got to be a part of the business growth. Otherwise, it doesn't matter how smart you are. Yeah, one of the things that I see in our community, our clients is when we're talking community events, yes, obviously health fairs is where a lot of people are presenting and you know you want to show face, but it could be as simple as just yoga in the park or a bicycling club. You know, you are a focal point of health in your community and do what you love to do. If you love biking, then create a local biking club and go out. If you like running, do this. If you like walking, do that. You know, if you like whatever health-related activity you like doing, you know, that's maybe where you need to start. Well, that's perfect because I've seen a guy that started a bike club and he had a lot of numbers showing up to, to ride with him after work. His clinic grew. He attracted his ideal client. I think that that's really smart. Yeah. <laughs> now you mentioned developing a referral network of allied providers. So can we talk about this? How, if you are new to a community, how do you actually unleash this? What, you know, how would you go about it? Yeah, that's such an important thing for people to understand too. It's not just going out and meeting practitioner to client, but it's also going out and meeting other practitioners like yourself and saying that we're more alike than we are different and getting to know them. Mm -hmm. Because some of these people are going to deal with children. Some of these people are going to deal with acute care. Some of these people are going to deal with sports. So there's going to be different levels of ideal practice style too. And if you get to know people, then there's a cross referral system within your local ecosystem. I think that that's really important. Go find a list of 30 practitioners like you, if you can, in your community and take them to lunch for the year, like schedule lunches throughout the year and just meet these people. I'd also do the same things with urgent care centers because those people want to refer out to somebody that's going to be least invasive and they don't have a relationship per se with people that are in your disciplines. 
So go around and meet the people that are the directors at these urgent cares, get to know them, take them to lunch, take them golfing. And then for chiropractors, I recommend them to build relationships with the local joints. It's a adjust only style practice. And a lot of them do not utilize x-ray and they don't take, as we call that in chiropractic trauma care, hot patients. So if you're in a community where you have a joint, go meet their clinic directors, build relationships with them and let them know that you want to take all of their hot clients and you want to help all the people that come in that need x-rays and rehabilitation care. For me, you know, from working with a lot of uh, clients, I know that obviously as a chiropractor, it may be ideal to connect with the O's in their community because of the medical doctors, they are probably the most likely to endorse a lifestyle driven approach that, you know, they are probably the friendliest towards chiropractic if we're using that example, for instance. But I think, you know, as an integrative functional naturopathic doctor, if you have to look at where is the market not being served and who are the people, you know, again, refer up, refer down, you know, figure out who are the people in your network. Are there acupuncturists or Reiki healer or others that need somebody like you? Are there upstream practitioners like DOs that need somebody good in the community and, and start from there? And I think especially when you're first starting out, and maybe this is is another way that we could talk on for hours is how do you actually create that idea? Obviously taking them to lunch is one way, but if you had a podcast and saying, hey, I have a podcast or I have a Facebook Live or a Facebook group. I want to interview you. That's the best way you can give them exposure. And that naturally builds the relationship that at the end of the podcast, you get to chat. It's like, okay, who do you help? How can I repay the favor? You know, so it, it doesn't have to be that complicated to build your referral network in your community. Well, I'll tell you, I went hyperactive on that. I did 1,100 interviews in five years with chiropractors and marketers and people that serve the chiropractic community. So you can do it globally too. That's a cool thing also is if you're like brick and mortar hyper local, you can do that type of strategy with the people that run the busiest coffee shop, the people that run the busiest gyms, the people that have the natural grocery store, the people that are in your wheelhouse, you can bring on people and call it like I'm in Grand Junction, Grand Junction Spotlight small business talk. If you were to do a show like that and you host it as the chiropractor, and then you're going to say, hey, at the end, hey, do you have any specials that you'd like to talk to about with your business today? Yeah. Anybody that mentions Spotlight Grand Junction podcast, they're going to get a dollar off their coffee for the next five hours or something. I don't know. But there's ways to build a local scene, but also like what we've done. We brought practitioners. If I were to go and look at like from every country in the world, that I've done an interview with with somebody that's a practitioner, I'd probably lose my mind just because when you have a global brand, you can connect it and make it stronger by sharing a common thread message. And that's what we've done. So I think if somebody does that, you're exactly right. You can grow any relationship remotely now that you weren't able to do before. I'm curious, given your background in running a digital hustle, a Facebook ad agency for chiropractors and weight loss specialists, where do digital ads fit into growing a cash-based practice? Well, I do a talk to a lot of groups called Old School Marketing versus New School Marketing. And a lot of the things I talked about early on in our talk today are just old school, relationship brand, focus brand, community brand, 
but there's a global community too. Mm -hmm. And if you look at most people's cell phones, they touch it probably 200 plus times a day. They're spending on average six hours a day on it. And most of the time spent is on social media. And I don't have to be a scientist or a futurist to tell you that people aren't going to stop using their cell phone. It's going to be something unless they turn off the internet, people will not stop using the cell phone unless we convert to the next thing. And who knows what that will be, but I'm sure it will come. And as long as cell phones are around and social media apps are on the cell phones and emails on the cell phones, basically, if you're a marketer or your business, that cell phone's your cash register. And if you're not putting money into the cash register and running traffic to your brick and mortar or to your offers through this cash register and pushing money in, the money comes back. So if you push a little bit of money in and you know how to dial in the offer the right way, you get, like in the talk, double-digit new patients coming in every week. And I think that that's the part where you get the person trained really well, the profession goes in a good position. If you get them new patients to take under care and grow the practice, the profession takes on a good direction. If you have these fundamental blocks in place, I call it the human funnel system. You have to figure out how to have the technology involved to drive the person in, and then they show up, and then you keep them, you get them to stay, you get them to pay, and then over time, you get them to refer. And if you can turn those double-digit new patients into three more people, now the practice grows. So I really believe that if somebody is going to invest, they should invest in digital marketing. They should invest in SEO. They should invest in having a really nice website with good backlinks to it. And they should figure out how to implement those simple things also, and then have a good social media presence. Yeah. And you know, we've figured this out, you know, just like for chiropractic, you know, we're working mostly with integrative and functional medicine uh, clinics. And, you know, it's the same foundational things. It's just like in functional medicine, unless you have robust foundations, any tactic that you layer on top of it will never work as well if you don't have the right foundations in place. Um, and um, so that's why I think it's super important to at least get the clarity by working with somebody like you, James, uh, or with our team to, to get an idea of what is it that you are missing and where do you need to go? And I know you have a survey for people that are interested in running digital marketing. Do you want to briefly talk about that? Yeah, I love it. I wrote it myself. I was just thinking what it would look like to work with us as a team and what I would want to have presented to me as a practitioner so I'd feel comfortable working with us as a team. So I kind of went down all channels of ideas as to what would be pertinent to get questions on. It's about a six-minute survey, but it gives us a good footprint of who you are. It gives us a good footprint of what you're pain points are and what your joy spots are. And if I could figure out how to bring you more joy and less pain as a marketer, then we're going to crack the code what you're really looking for. I think a lot of marketers, they just want to say, hey, let me run some ads for you. And they really don't get to know their prospects so well. And the cool thing is, is we've done over 1100 shows now, and I've never prospected my list to, to go do marketing for them and ads. So now it's time for me to offer the system to so many more people. And I think once people start working with us, they're going to find out that they have a place to refer to as well. 
and a company of integrity and people that show up every day. And we actually want to see, I want to see natural practitioners succeed. I don't want to take their money. I want to utilize their assets and turn that into more money for them. So I honestly, when I started the podcast, when I made the films, I never did any of this to make money. I did this to serve something with a greater purpose. And that was a profession that I fell in love with because I saw how it was changing people's lives. Absolutely. And thanks for doing this. Clearly, you don't sustain a podcast for close to a decade if your heart isn't in it. So I'm curious about, you know, you promised to share the top five power moves for cash-based practitioners in 2023. <laughs> um, so why don't we go there next and run through your top five list in the remaining time that we have? Yeah. So I'll go speed round with you. <laughs> I, I think the most important thing is, like I mentioned earlier, is have your marketing dialed in to where you can actually get double digit new patients every week. I think when you have an influx of new people, you don't get bored with what you're doing and you have more people that you're, you're capable of helping and grow the, the business the right way. And if you do this right, a big part of this is having x-rays in chiropractic so you can actually have an education opportunity with the people you're speaking to and let them know why you do what you do and how it's going to help them. Just know that two things stop people from getting care. One is time, one is money. So if you can break those objections with people, you're going to help more people. In marketing, I always tell people, give them what they want and sell them what they need. Find out what they need first and then help them on the backside with what your services are and uh, just be congruent with what you would actually want to get in return if you were the person standing across from you. Second thing is to uh, dominate Google and Facebook reviews. Sometimes people would rather buy from the person on the first page of any industry with the most reviews just because it's a majority rules type world and people always invest more into you know buy-in and third-party validation more than almost anything. So if you just had the most reviews and you're on the first page of Google and your Facebook reviews are five-star or 4.98 stars, whatever you do, you'd probably be the referable on the digital platform of Google and Facebook just because you, you own the rights to page one and be in the top five. And then how do you convert people to actually becoming a cash pay patient? Well, you have to have a great day one and day two. On the day one visits, you're going to have to tell people, I'm going to do a full exam, I'm going to check you from head to toe. We're going to do some orthopedic testing. We're going to find out what's going on, uh, shoot the x-rays, review the x-rays, and then you're going to tell them they're going to come back on a second visit. You're going to tell them what we found. We're going to tell them how much concern there is. We're going to tell them how we can help them. And then we're going to be able to give them an offer for a plan. And I think that if you understand that, a day one and a day two system, you're going to be able to get people to follow through with your recommendations and you're going to get people to actually take care of services from you and their cash deals. So I know a big part of this talk today was uh, the cash deal opportunity. And then be the best in town. Don't just let the reviews talk for you. Let your actual services talk for you. I think if you actually know that your services can talk for you and the reviews back that up, that's a one-two punch. If I can jump in there, what, you know, again, we're talking now mostly about chiropractic offices, but if you're an integrative or functional medicine provider, the equivalent of that x-ray, that educational opportunity is really that you have to think about the enrollment process in a discovery call that may happen over Zoom, that, you know, what is that equivalent of the x-ray? How do people know where they stand with their health and how can you provide 
an honest assessment and mirror this back and come up with a game plan. And so sometimes this could be that there's some form of low cost test that they could go through and then they have a report of finding with you to understand this. So, you know, depending on what practitioners you are, figure out what kind of testing can actually visualize where they are. You know, it's kind of baffling for sometimes you can tell people, hey, you're suffering from this and you can tell them this a million times. But if they had, let's say a glucose monitor, suddenly they was like, oh my God, my insulin is totally out of whack and my blood sugar, I need to do something about it. So how can we create that visual representation that people really understand where the health is and that they should take action? Yeah, I think it could be as simple as a 10 point assessment. You could have somebody do a questionnaire with you and you could find out right away if they're the right people for you to take care of. And it would give them some value to know that you're actually giving a care about them. I think that really people, they just want to know you care. And if you offer them something and you explain to them what's going on, you just have to find out what your best hook is as an offer. And then when you dial in that hook, don't stop using it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, again, obviously in those practitioners like chiropractic, or I'm thinking right now of somebody that's a functional neurologist, you can do a neurology exam and that provides eye-opening insights why they experience the pain they have. If you're dealing with gut health or hormonal health, having that assessment, that almost functional medicine matrix, something like this, it gives people information that they didn't have before. Ultimately, that is what people need to see that, oh, this person has a different approach. I can see this is very different from maybe the conventional primary care environment. And, you know, you can see, you paint the picture as a practitioner, how this is going to look like and how they can get healthier without more prescription drug surgery or conventional methods. Yeah. And I think that anybody listens to this is going to find a lot of brilliant, like, parallels between what you're talking about with your avatar group and what I'm talking about with my ideal target audience. Mm -hmm. I think that when it comes down to it, functional medicine assessment is something that everybody wants. They just don't know where to go or who to find mm -hmm. or, or who to trust. And you have to establish authority somehow. And especially if you're not in the same room with them, you have to learn how to convert people from their pain to their journey. And you have to be willing to walk that with them. But it has to be something that these people will have buy-in for you because of your expertise. Everybody knows when somebody doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> but, but I think lastly, just to close out the number five thing, if I can, I think that you should treat your team, whether it's an associate doctor or an office manager or in chiropractic, we call them chiropractic assistants, but I like to call them chiropractic angels. And I think you should go into it like a major league sports team. I think you should go into it understanding that this person has about three to five years on their contract. And I think you need to come in thinking the long play with your people and you need to pay them appropriately if you want to keep them running your business for you while you do what you love. So the old adage of, I want to pay this person $15 an hour. I'm going to pay this person as little as I can just to keep them around. Well, people will stick around just as long as they have to until I find something new if they don't feel appreciated financially. And I think that that's a big takeaway for anybody that watches this show. Think about your team as if you're building for a championship season. 
Think about three-year contracts, five-year contracts, and what it takes to retain people. Because I know how challenging it is for somebody to find a second set of hands in their practice. And I know how challenging it is when it's the holidays and you have two office staff quit because they don't like their jobs anymore. And now the next quarter of your life is spent filling that hole, making Indeed ads, interviewing people, having people start for 90 days and go away, having another one start for 180 days and go away. So you have to hire for legacy. Absolutely. Yeah. That's probably one of the hard won lessons that, you know, the sooner you can internalize it, the better. Ultimately, it makes working fun. Again, I go back to what you said in the beginning, James, in terms of helping people go from pain to, you know, less pain, more joy. Same for your team. How can they experience more joy in their day-to-day jobs? How can they feel tied to your purpose, to your mission? How can you get them to think like entrepreneurs? And that ultimately allows them to be much more valuable to the business because they make entrepreneurial decisions. And here's the closer. Take care of your team as you would take care of making sure you go to the gym, making sure you eat healthy. Understand that a lot of the practitioners I see, they look great, but their office staff is doing all the work and not getting any motivation to take care of themselves except for get the jobs done. So I think we need to work on full health of the people that are actually representing the brand also. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. So thank you so much for sharing all these amazing nuggets. If you like to check out some of Jim's podcast episodes, head over to chirohustle.com. And beyond that, where can people go to learn more about you, James? You know, chirohustle.com, we have a contact spot on there. I'm active on Facebook regularly. You can always send me a message over there. Um, I'll add the survey to the show notes and to your group. If anybody does find themselves in a spot where they think it would be a good option for them to work with us, either doing screenings, like going out to your community and getting you new patients from health fairs and expos and stuff of that nature, street festivals. I'm your guy for that. I didn't even talk about that part of what I do, but that's really cool. But if people just want to shoot me a message on Facebook Instant Messenger or contact me through the website, I'd love to work with any and all of you. Well, thank you so much, James. I really appreciated our convo and looking to get this out to more people. Thank you for sharing your wisdoms and everyone else listening. We'll see you next week. I believe mastering persuasion is one of the most essential skills in life and certainly in business because nothing ever happens without a yes. Yet we can only effectively influence other people's decisions when we truly understand how the brain makes those decisions. Once you master the decision-making formula, your message becomes ever more clear and influential. Join us next week for our newest episode of Getting to Yes. And if you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening. And feel free to share it with colleagues and friends. I'm your host, Uli Iselo. See you next week.